Progress can only be measured against a lack of progress. Faith can only be measured against a lack of faith. Financial security can be measured in a variety of different ways, most notably by the volume at which you tell others that no, really, it's totally fine if you don't split the check. You've got it. Really, it's fine. I am calling from Elm Lake. It's that time of year again, a time where leaves are doing their specific leafy things, where the breeze is choosing moments to be uncomfortable, and where a smell not quite able to be determined is wafting through the stillness of the night. Remember how last year we all thought the smell was emanating from Marcus Grant's home, and how we spent hours and hours watching his comings and goings? only to realize that the smell was originating in a different area of town entirely? <laughs> that was fun. I mean, I'm sure Marcus didn't think so in the beginning, but he eventually came to see things our way. Oh, listeners, I suppose you're wondering why I'm speaking on more friendly terms than usual. Not that we aren't friends, per se. It's just that and I can barely believe it myself. It's just that there's someone from here in town listening to me. She's hearing my broadcasts and has offered a lot of very helpful advice. In fact, she tells me that she's been listening for longer than I've been on the air, which would seem to be an impossibility. But when she relays previous broadcasts, I do have a faint recollection of delivering them. She tells me that she listens primarily at night, while going on short walks, and that my words always help her find her way home. Isn't that delightful? But I digress. Lorraine, thanks for listening, and I hope that you remain a fan for a long time. As I was saying, the calendar has wrapped around once again, and the citizens of Elm Lake are gearing up for parent-teacher conferences. Now, I know this may not seem like a terribly important thing to many of you, but here in Elm Lake, we don't have regular open-door office hours where teachers can just speak with their parents anytime they please. No, in order to speak with their own parents, teachers need to schedule an appointment, bring the correct candles, and utter an oath to some unknowable entity. Except now. Except this particular time of year. 
This is the one time that teachers can speak directly to their parents and deliver the sorts of progress reports that we as a society crave. How else are we supposed to know if someone is a delight to have or if someone else needs to focus more on their own papers? Is there another way of learning if someone fidgets too much or if they're the source of the previously mentioned indeterminate odor? That's exactly what parent-teacher conferences are for. I should mention that not everyone in town seems as excited about the prospect of parent-teacher conferences as most of us are. Jenny Fowler has been witnessed muttering to herself. When she's approached, she gets a glassy look in her eyes and says something about, these things are meant for children, and then shuffles away. Apparently, Jenny has not yet gotten used to the fact that there are no children here in Elm Lake since her return. For their parts, both Bill and Rebecca Fowler are very excited and have been looking forward to the conferences with their 20-year-old daughter ever since she was born a scant five years ago. Being teachers themselves, they have long been hoping to speak to their parents, but office hours simply haven't been available within their time frame. As part of the festivities for this year's parent-teacher conferences, the Elm Lake Improvisational Trio are planning to improvise their way through William Shakespeare's epic, Macbeth. They assure me that none of the performers have ever read the script in question, but they are certain that they'll be able to bring levity and mirth to those who witness their performance. The performance is scheduled to take place this evening in the old schoolyard farmer's market, whenever the troupe can get together. As I look out the window on this beautifully overcast day, I'm awed by how the spirit of these conferences has overtaken Elm Lake. The citizens, for the most part, are smiling, bright-eyed, and a few almost seem to be skipping. It's almost like the clock has turned backwards for some of them, and wait. Wait just a moment. That doesn't make any sense. Looking out the window, I can see sunlight filtering through the clouds, shining through to the street below. And what is that? Hold on. I'm going to try to get a better look. I'll be right back. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> That is strange. Listeners, something odd is happening. I looked out my window and I saw Jenny Fowler standing in the middle of the street. She was looking wild-eyed, glancing all around her in a state of panic. At first, I couldn't tell what was filling her with such dread. But when I looked more closely, 
I noticed what Jenny was seeing. Children. Dozens of children, all of them wandering towards the old schoolyard. Many of them with backpacks laden with books and papers. A few were chatting with each other, and at least one had some sort of case where you would place an instrument of some kind, like a violin or something. It was strange. What made it stranger is that some of these children looked almost like younger versions of residents of the town. I saw one who looked like he could have been Marcus Grant, except only a 10-year-old Marcus. Another reminded me of Lorraine Powell in an 8-year-old body. I also saw the twins, Angela and Arthur Marone, linked arm in arm. But it can't have been them, as they were only six, with all of the clumsiness that age carries. In the middle of it all, I saw Jenny Fowler, 20 years old, recently returned to Elm Lake, her eyes wide as she scanned the faces around her. The laughing and playing took on an almost eerie pitch, not unlike when the ghostly hallucinations plagued our farmer's market not long ago. Looking out now, with an admittedly poorer perspective, I see what has truly set Jenny on edge. Walking towards her, full bravado and false confidence, I see Bill and Rebecca Fowler. Except it isn't Bill and Rebecca Fowler. It is Bill Horvelt and Rebecca Fowler. Age 16, lost in the reality of each other, hand in hand as new lovers tend to be. They seem to look right through Jenny, not acknowledging her, despite the physical similarities between the three. Bill and Rebecca only have eyes for each other, and with the rush of new teenage love, the rest of the world may as well not even exist. All right, this is unsettling. Almost the entire town has de-aged, turned into children. A ragtag group of 13-year-old improvisers are getting ready to launch into their performance of Macbeth, but it's going to be hard to carry the gravitas of that particular script while the voices are cracking and puberty is lurking. I look out the window again and watch Jenny continue to look frantically about her. I see her lips moving. I can tell she's shouting, but I am unable to hear her over the sounds of joyous children and the mild soundproofing of this radio booth. Jenny is scanning everywhere, panicked, and now she looks up. 
towards the sky? Wait. No. Up towards my window. Her face is pleading. We lock eyes and... Hello. Sorry about that. I must have fainted or something. I, I don't think I hit my head, but everything feels a little odd. Let's just peek out the window to see what time it is. Good. It's dark outside, which must mean that the improvised performance of Macbeth is almost over. I'm sure they were able to find a way to incorporate dinosaurs into this year's presentation with little effort. Everyone loves dinosaurs. And the streets are... empty. Just as it should be. Well, not completely empty. I see Jenny Fowler out with her basket, making her nightly walks. Jenny's quite the character, isn't she, Lorraine? I remember seeing somewhere that talking directly with your audience makes them feel better and humanizes both sides of the exchange. I hope you had a pleasant day full of parent-teacher conferences. Teachers, I do truly hope that you learned a lot from your parents today. And parents? Maybe next year. Let's see if we can't do a little more to help the teachers out. They want to hear from you. And don't want it relegated to just one day. After all, I believe the teachers are the future. They're always hoping for guidance. Until that day, I am positive they'll be waiting. As I can see that right now, Jenny Fowler is waiting. Elm Lake is waiting. Elm Lake Episode 9, Conferences, was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Elm Lake is Sean Monahan. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinismusic.com. Our home online is at www.callingfromelmlake.com. You can also find us on social media to add a little irregular strangeness to your internet experience. If you've come to visit our strange little town thanks to Apple or Google Podcasts, feel free to leave a rating and review. 
Your words could help new listeners hear the call of Elm Lake. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to support us, you can simply head to patreon.com slash calling from Elm Lake. Your support will help us continue to grow and unfold this story and bring new elements into play as we move forward. I believe the children are our past. This is because of the cyclical nature of time.